2: This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, happy Thursday, my friends. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, can't read that. Oh, yeah, Andy Goldstein. And we begin with the fallout from the old firm clash north of the border, where, of course, Celtic beat Rangers at Parkhead. Here's the fallout on TalkSport.
3: Celtic 3 Rangers 0 and Celtic are now top of the Scottish Premiership after battering 3 goals past Rangers in a breathless relentless first half performance that had the reigning champions reeling. Celtic How was very good Rangers.
0: and hats off to them because I thought they I thought they pressed. Yep. They moved the ball quickly. They looked like a proper side. Rangers champions Wow shocking the left bank I'm oh, sorry I've got God. to raise it I mean you 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 called it <laughs> well, he, embarrassing his he, name was
4: Is his we we stuck the, oh, the he my was embarrassed he was poor.
0: he was shock- it's like he forgot how to play football has anyone
4: seen Giovanni van Bronckhorst <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're well, very disappointed of course with the, with the last today and especially the way we lost I think the first half was not old all from worthy from our side Second half was much better, but eventually we gave the game away uh, in the first half. Breaking news on Talk Sport.
0: What about Roy Keane? Potentially going in at Sunderland? Yep. I think he's mulling it
4: over. I'd love now, to see him back in management. So, Roy was. Keane, last time he was there, he got him out from the lower, lower, I mean, they were struggling. He got them up out of the, ch- the Championship. first. At first ask, and got them into the Premier League That that takes some doing So the Sunderland fans will be They must have fond memories of that season
2: mm. With with
4: Roy Keane there
2: I mean there's been what A dozen names that have been mentioned um, I think Roy Keane's kind of came well, From the back to the front if you like He's obviously been at the club before He was there between 2006 and 2008 Very successful Got us into the Premier League Where we stayed for a long time I think it'd be a really good appointment I think the supporters will get right behind it
4: I can only imagine what he must be like as a manager I can, you know- Oh he's going to be hardcore isn't he? Straight yeah. to the point. Well, you he's saw old school. Some of the antics that he got up to when he was assistant manager with, with Martin O'Neill, with the Irish, there was a number of fallings out. Things didn't really work out with him at Ipswich. That wasn't really no. his, his finest hour. But do you think maybe he's mellowed? I mean, you see him no, on the sky no, now. No, no. no.
3: <laughs> I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him underboss after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester.
4: <laughs> if you get on the right side of him and you start winning, I can only imagine the atmosphere must be electric because he would demand so much from you and you would want you wouldn't want to disappoint him you would want to make sure you were one of those players that he chooses to go mm. out and battle for him
0: but You see these young players now It's different It's a different world well, You look, see these old school managers Coming in and they struggle well, they, Because the game's changed The characters have changed yeah, The mentality's changed This is League I,
4: One If you were Jason, talking about Liverpool Jason
0: I've, ma- te- I've, I've managed players At non-league They're the same but, I'm telling you um, well, okay. The young players these no, days but, Are I'm, completely different <laughs>
2: Bruce, he's been strongly considered for return to management at West Brom. Talksport understands. Following Valerian Ishmael's sacking after eight months in charge. On my show, Darren Bent, who of course played under Brucey at Sunderland, thinks the Baggis fans will forgive Brucey having managed West Midlands rivals Villa and Birmingham. Yeah, good luck with that.
1: Majority of West Brom fans, yeah, they'll look at the Villa situation and they'll, like, they'll look Birmingham they'll go, I don't really like it. But then you then look at his track.
2: If he starts losing. I get that, but then you have to
1: look, he has to back himself. But then he'll look, at, <sighs> he'll look at his CV. Smart football fans will look at his CV and go, I don't like his history with the two Midlands clubs, but... He has got a really successful record of getting teams out of the championship. Now, what's the what's the biggest aim? Mm-hmm. Is to get back into the Premier League. So okay. it shouldn't really matter who's driving the ship. Okay. For Steve Bruce, he will look at that squad, and on paper, I don't think anybody can argue it's definitely one of the top three or four squads in the division. There is potential for that squad to do. 20, 30, 40% better than it's recently been doing. And, you know, he's a proper old school football man, Steve Bruce. And I think, you know, when you're thinking about retiring, you're just about there and then an opportunity like this comes along. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes, you know what, I can do something with that and and he takes it. Him and Warnock are the two that I associate mm-hmm. with getting a team into the Premier League and West Brom have been awful by the way one win in their last five in all competitions not scored a goal in two games if you wanted to get a manager in that will give you the best chance of winning and knows how to get it done I can understand why they've gone to to Steve Bruce I really can
2: he has to be given a chance if he gets the job he has to be given a chance I'm sure he will be by most of the supporters like you said he's got a good track record of getting promotions and a thousand games he can't be a bad manager On now to West Ham and Gabi Agbonenhor believes West Ham's top four hopes are over after bringing in no new signings in the January transfer window. But first, it's Ali McQuist who thinks that the Hammers fans would want to win a trophy over reaching the Champions League.
3: That could just be the goal that gives West Ham all three points on opening night. Dinamo Zagreb nil, West Ham 2. Somebody like
1: West Ham, who are doing well in Europe this year and and, and doing well in general, I think the supporters would like to rather see them win a trophy day out at Wembley a cup final win the cup rather than maybe another half a dozen games in the, in the Champions League you know so I can understand that totally
0: West Ham have basically for me give up on top four perfect chance for them to try and get it you know Spurs aren't um, the finished article Arsenal have lost players they're looking a bit shaky Manchester United have let players go they're looking a bit shaky as well so for me it's the perfect time for West Ham to finally push that little bit more with a few more players in a defender centre midfielder a striker to go and get top four, because as much as people might think that players are loyal and players love it here, Declan Rice, like I said a few months ago, he's going to see his teammates at England playing in the Champions League. You know, he might be playing Champions League finals this season. How long is that going to go on where he's going to be happy with the Europa League? You know, so I think Declan Rice will be looking to go in the summer.
2: Now, Barcelona have confirmed the signing of Pierre-Embric Aubameyang on a free transfer from Arsenal. Trevor Sinclair said the gunner's gaffer, Mikel Arteta, should have made more of an effort to get PEA, that's his name P back in the first team fold. We'll get onto that in just a moment, but first is Moni Money Simon Jordan, who didn't hold back in his assessment of the player. Well, he never does, does he?
3: If Arteta comes in the door and doesn't see it for the first six months, he doesn't see it. Unai Emery might have seen it. He doesn't see it. Hmm. He does what most sensible people would do, which is judge it by his own eyes, right? So anyone that's got any brains judges things by their own eyes. Yep. Don't take things on people's reputations, right? Some people do, some people don't. He gets to see Yang at his best. Yang reverts to type. Right, it goes back to type because he can't hold himself together for any period of time because we all revert to type, right? So Abamyang then starts taking liberties and Arteta's got a backdrop of a team not being successful, his captain pee-balling around, right? What's he going to do? He's going to take the captain to task and it wasn't the first time that Abamyang came under pressure from Arteta. We were hearing that narrative for some time mm. and the final straw in that broke the camel's back, was a situation where he came back late again, we understand. So it's not as if he's not a recidivist, he is a repeat offender. And Arteta went, big club, big manager, big responsibilities, buffoon. Haven't got time for you.
4: It looks like it's gone in off the head of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and would therefore go down as an own
1: goal. Let's not pretend that he's just arrived at the club and signed a contract and they've started to learn about his, his personality, his character and what he's like. So they knew him. They give him the new contract on the back of that because he was scoring goals. All of a sudden, he's continuing to act the same way. His goals may have dried up a little bit and you start treating him differently. There's got to be two sides of each argument. And for me, if you would have been able to get through that as a manager without looking at Arteta and back the player and give him a, a pathway back into that first team squad, he would have repaid that with more goals.
2: On now to the new Watford gaffer, Roy Hodgson, and why he took the job at Vicarage Road. I would imagine it's because he was very, very happy. The football pitch and the thought of working every day with players has always been something which I knew I would find hard to resist. I thought that I would probably find it a bit easier to resist than I have actually found it. So that's why this job, when it came up, really, was was one that I was never going to turn down because it was... Quite literally, the the siren call from the mermaid as the sailor passes by on his ship. They they got the right mermaids going past the right ship, if you like. Now, Chris Eubank Jr. will fight Liam Williams this Saturday in Cardiff on TalkSport. It's exclusive commentary, don't you know? Ooh. We'll hear from the legendary boxing journalist Colin Hart in a moment. But first, here's Williams and Newbank saying nice things about each other. How nice is that, actually? They're not. They can't stand each other. Here's your proof. I hate
1: you so much right now. I hate you so much
3: right now. Oh. Clashed from, from the moment I set eyes on him. Didn't like him and I never, I knew that I never would like him, you know. The fight sells itself. It's obviously going to be a great matchup. It's going to be full of action. The place is sold out already, so I don't need to sell the fight. But um, the dislike between myself and, and Chris is, is, you know, real. I don't say I hate many people, but I do hate them. I can't stand the guy.
1: I need to ask you, because I heard Liam Williams on breakfast this morning, um, and I don't mind getting your, your take on things. Where did this kind of ill feeling between the two of you start? Uh, it started
4: when he continuously trolled me on Twitter for about two years I mean, that's yeah. Start, wow. I don't know. It's been happening for a, a couple of years. I ignored him for a long time because I had no interest in him. And you know, he you know he built up his fan base, he built up the fight, he hyped everything up. You know, he was saying some some crazy, crazy things about me. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to a point where I just have to shut this guy up. And that's what's going to happen in a couple of days' time. I think Eubank is a much classier fighter. The only trouble with Young Chris, he's not a big puncher. I think he'll win on points, mm. and he'll have to win it big. Because he's in Breaking news on Talk Sport.
0: We start with some big breaking news in the world of cricket. Ashley Giles
1: is leaving the ECB. Let's talk with George DeBell, senior correspondent for the Cricketer magazine.
0: What has happened is that his job has become untenable because it's not a real job. He hasn't got any decisions to make. They're all made by Tom Harrison. And he's realised that he's basically been scapegoated, I believe. He's no longer... Able to put up with it, so I'm sure that they'll agree a severance package. I think it's nonsense the the guy who is making the decisions, who continues to remain in the role, who had the meeting with Ashley Giles this morning, is Tom Harrison. And as I say, he's about to get a big fat bonus. Now hang me-
2: On oh, now to the former Villa Gaffer, Mike O'Neill, with Gabby Hall revealing that Gabby never knew where football stadiums were when he was a player. Nothing surprises me nowadays.
4: I listened to Gabby and he... Uh... He actually no. He's obviously doing some homework. He gets to know the players because he, when he played in the Premier League, he hadn't got a clue who we were playing. Honestly, it used to be really funny because I used to have to tell them, remind them on uh, on a Thursday. Big uh, he and uh, Big John Carew. John was usually uh, John was usually making his way up from London, some nightclub or other, and. Uh, <laughs> So you used to have to remind them, by the way, it's it's Manchester United, Old Trafford and 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 Gabby used to say, Where's Old Trafford? So-
3: <laughs>
2: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. I don't really care. And don't forget, of course, to hit that subscribe button. A reminder, I'm back today at 4pm on Andy Goldstein's Drive alongside Ray Parler, would you believe? And at 7pm, it's Man City against Spurs in the Women's Continental Cup semi-final on TalkSport 2. There would, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Till then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and above all, Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That